Hi, I'm yeah. Suzanne. Hi, I'm Peter. And together we're Sex Advice for Seniors. Yeah. And this episode, I have a note that says, escort sex workers and seniors. I yeah, don't quite that... know, what's the difference between an escort and a sex worker? I'm sure the people who do it would say that there is a big difference, but uh, I know what you mean. And I guess that comes from Emma Tom- the Emma Thompson film as well, doesn't it? Different different ways of, of looking at the the categories of people. I, I mean, sex worker to me, and probably I don't know, generally sounds a sort of more general status than the escort, which somehow, purely in terms of prejudice, sounds sort of higher status to me, but maybe that's completely wrong. I don't know. Yeah, so we thought we'd come upon this topic because of the Emma Thompson film, whose name is something Leo Grande. (laughs) Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's the one. And in which she is a 60-some-odd-year-old woman who hires an escort because she wants to have a more fulfilling sex life after going through a bit of a barren wasteland. I'm actually seeing the film this week. So we're talking here completely hypothetically about... Yeah, yeah. You don't need to have seen the film to talk about it. (laughs) Clearly not. But you know what? When it comes to talking about sex workers or escorts or whatever you want to call them, I think there's just so much prejudice anyway And I know for a lot of people, hiring sometimes, if you just want to have sex, that is kind of your only option. For a lot of people, it is, yeah. And I was thinking about this, going back to our discussion last week of um, disability and sex. For a lot of disabled people, it is one of the only options available. And uh, I know a lot of sex workers work specifically with disabled people for that reason. Yeah, and I've never really seen much wrong with it. I mean, obviously, there's the things that people sometimes allude to around trafficking, and and obviously, that's awful, and we know these sorts of things go on. But equally, I have met escorts or sex workers or whatever you want to call them who are really happy doing that work. And some of them have worked with disabled people and some of them work with older people. And some of them, in some cases, they've worked with people that have very specific fetishes for whom their partner just doesn't yeah. want to know. Mm. Yeah, well, it doesn't have just to be uh, fetishes, I think. It's just for a lot of people whose partners don't want to know full stop, <laughs> sex workers are, are an option as well. I know what you mean. I've I've always been in two minds about it. On the one hand, I find it for all the sexual political reasons the second wave feminism went into, and uh, I'm still very much of that period. I still shy away from it, but although I can't think of anything, you know, theoretically or ethically or morally to find wrong with it. I mean, it is the oldest profession in the world and you're not going to get rid of it simply by saying you don't like it. It's like most other things as well. And I guess as long as it's safe and it's regulated and, you know, it's done as in some countries, then, well, it's better, but there's still the problem of trafficking and terrible 
exploitation of, of poor women, women as well, who are kind of forced into uh, trafficking because into into sex work because of uh, it's a way to earn money when there's nothing else left. And for me, that therefore it got the sense of there being, you know, some of the people who do it are doing it because there's no other option. Some of the sex workers themselves are doing it because there's no other option. And it seems a bit hopeless to me in that sense, but it's a problem that I'm not confronted with, really. So I don't think about it that much, to be honest. Yeah, I think quite a few men, including yourself, though, have been to a sex worker, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I did long time ago when I was 18. I was uh, in the army and we were on exercise in the North Sea with the Royal Marines and they... Well, they kind of made us go, really, you know, because we were eight, seventeen, I think, even at the time. And the Royal Marines commandos took us to a brothel in Kiel in North Germany. And uh, when <laughs> for a little boy from the Isle of Wight like me, age of seventeen, it was quite an eye opener. Yeah, so I have, but I was just that once when I was back when I was seventeen. I haven't done it since, but uh, yeah. But a lot of people do. Yeah, and I had an experience. I mean, obviously, the Emma Thompson film brings up this idea that there should be escorts or sex workers for women, right? And sometimes you have these conversations with women that they say, oh, I wish sometimes when I'm just horny that I could ring up someone. I don't know that they ever would. And the one... Well, I had a couple of experiences. I had one experience once where I was introduced to somebody who was somebody who was talking to a publisher about a book deal around being a sex worker for women. And when we actually got around to having a chat about what he did, it appeared that there was more work around for straight men who wanted to experience same sex intercourse than actually heterosexual women who are looking for men. So he was kind of, I think trading standards might have had a slight issue with (laughs) describing him as an escort for women, because I think that most of his clients were not women. But, you know, I mean, some of them were, some of them were, and some of them did want to pay to just have sex with them. And I've known other people who provide more of a service, which is around kind of sexual exploration and sexual kind of helping women unlock. There's probably more like in the Emma Thompson thing where there's a bit of psychotherapy going on as well as some kind of intimacy, which may or may not always result in penetrative sex. I get the feeling that it's kind of more around releasing some of that interest and sexual frustration and everything in other ways that may not be around penetrative sex and trying to figure out what's at the root of all of that. So I've known people that have done that as well. And then I had a funny experience once when I was in New York and I'd had a particularly stressful day and I went on Craigslist, which probably should have said something about the kind of person I was going to attract. But I went on Craigslist to find a male massage therapist, right? I wasn't Mm -hmm. actually thinking about sex. So when you look at me like that, don't look at me like that. (laughs) 
And anyway, this guy turned up and, you know, proper like therapy, massage therapist, kind of the string trouser, the like doctor's trouser, like, you know, looking like he was the real deal. And he had a massage table with him and he started giving me an absolutely spectacular massage, normal massage, right? Yeah. Back, shoulders, all that kind of thing. And then he started working on my legs. And as he was working on my legs, he started getting a little bit close to some areas that I would consider to be a little bit inappropriate for a straightforward massage. But I was kind of, well, mm, let's see where this goes. You'd had a long, tiring day. (laughs) I'd had a long, tiring day. (laughs) And I was kind of curious to see where it might lead. So I let him continue. And it went to the obvious place that you would expect. And he stayed there for quite a while, obviously, as as you would expect. But then, just as I was about to have an orgasm, he literally took one hand and he pushed it into the biggest knot in my shoulder, the one that nobody ever can release because it's like it's been there forever. And it's always everybody's big thing. Every massage person I've ever had is like, I'm going to get this knot. And it's often they just don't because it's too, too deep. Anyway, he pushed on this knot in my shoulders as I was coming and this knot just literally like exploded (laughs) and it was just like, it just released and exploded. And I remember jumping up from the massage table and going, what the hell just happened? Not in a, I'm going to sue you or report you, but just in a more kind of, whoa, that was unbelievable sort of way. But then of course, and then I told my girlfriends, and then some of them booked them, him as well. And then he, got, he ended up getting quite a bit of work from me, I think. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Experience. But the thing that was funny about it was that after that experience, and after he'd been to a couple other girlfriends of mine who had had a similar experience, because of course, then he knew when he was referred by me, he knew that he was permitted. He'd been given permission, right, to go yeah, there. Right. Because, you know, he knew I told, he said something to me about, do they know what happened at your session? I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. Why do you think they're booking you? I mean, come on. (laughs) so, So, but then we decided amongst us, we had this little conversation and we were just like, did we just pay for sex or did we pay for a massage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess guys that have happy ending massages, have you ever had one of those? No. Oh, right. I mean, no. if, if you got a happy ending massage, what would you say? I don't know. I would have thought that I would. <laughs> yeah, I would have thought I'd paid for sex, actually. <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, I mean, it, it gets you back to this question of whether sex is only penetration, really, doesn't it? You haven't had penetrative sex, but you've done pretty well. You know, you've been as intimate as you can be without it. And, you know, even more than than it sometimes is. It's a very difficult one. I've steered clear of it, to be honest. I've never been really greatly attracted to it. But, again, maybe I haven't needed to without blowing my own trumpet, (laughs) if that's an appropriate metaphor. (laughs) I can't do that either. But, yeah. So I don't know where the morality of it is, where the morality of it falls. I think there are also, we talked about before, about aesthetic elements of it as well, because like in the Emma Thompson film, 
that I've seen just in the trailers and the, and the pictures in the papers. It's an aesthetic experience as well. And we imagine it happening with the young, beautiful, intelligent person, photogenic person. And, you know, a lot of prostitution isn't like that. It's like when you imagine orgies and group sex, however, it's always sort of Fifty Shades of Grey type people. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's never like that. No, it's never like that. No. I did meet a woman who was a serious dom working with guys who really liked some quite extraordinary pain. And mm. a friend of mine sat in on a session of hers because she did have a book deal. And he said <laughs> his eyes started to water after a certain period of, you know, after a short period of time at what she was delivering to this man who wanted it. And I think that's the thing is for me, a lot of this is around getting what you want without hurting other people. And I think, yeah. some, you know, if you're unsatisfied in your marriage and you go and you have affairs with other people and there's some emotional content involved in that and you're having sex and you're there's some compatibility, then the likelihood that you're hurting this other person is pretty high, right? Yeah. But if you're unsatisfied in your marriage and you say, I love you, but there's this thing that I really enjoy doing. And I know we've had this conversation and you say it's not something that you find any pleasure in either delivering or experiencing or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. And I'd like to consider going to a sex worker for that specific thing. Then my feeling about that is that it's not as hurtful. I mean, maybe no. I'm not being, but that's how it feels to me, mainly because no, I've so. known people that have been in that situation. Yeah, yeah, me too. And I think it's not as, as hurtful. I think the great thing about the situations today is that you don't really need to go to a sex worker anymore to find someone who's into similar things to you. You can find, you know, it's much easier to find fuck buddies and, and you know, friends with benefits and just ring up someone and say, do you fancy a, a session today? Like going for a drink with a friend, you know. But do you think that's true if you're an older person with a serious fetish? Because I read some of the no, comments that people make about dating in your 50s. And believe me, they can't find anybody to have sex with. They can't find anybody to go on a date with. I mean, God, maybe that's true of my kids. And I know that's true of my kids because, you know, mm-hmm. if they just go out, they can meet somebody that they can just have a shag with if that's what they want. But yeah. I can tell you as a 61-year-old woman that it's not yeah. always that easy to just find sex where you want it. And maybe no, you're... No, it's not. Maybe no, you're a bit luckier not. than others, but I don't think no, it's that no, easy. I don't think so. No, I, I was making more a general point that it is generally much easier to talk about and get sex and find tribes of people and groups of people who are into the same thing than it used to be 40 years ago when I was a young teenager and obsessed with pornography. You know, it was a hell of a job to get hold of it. You know, now... That it's more widespread today. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? On the one hand, I don't think it's changed people's attitudes towards it anymore. Or would we have been like this 50 years ago, when, well, 40 years ago, when we were 17 or 18? Just switch on the phone and there it is. 
I don't know. I find it all very, very difficult to place these different types of sex and sexuality within some sort of framework. Of It always seems to come back down to this world. There is this central uh, ideal, which is the couple, and then there's a sort of a range around that, which is acceptable. And then you go further out and it becomes fetishes and then you, you can't find the right people to say go to sex workers and then beyond sex workers there's this sort of just abyss of whatever it is that's out there and that's where you need the dark web you know it's very difficult to find the dividing lines and the gradients along those lines I mean, you've mixed up so many different topics there. I don't yeah, even know how to unpick any of that <laughs> stuff, frankly. I mean, to start with, are we better off now than we were 40 years ago? Well, it's difficult to say. I mean, I think in some cases, the absence of pornography has created an opportunity for ex- our own types of exploration and and working our way through our sex and sexuality in a way that now can be delivered to us at the click of a button, which if you're just coming into your sexuality and you're a very young person can be in some cases liberating and in others very damaging. And we've seen, and we know that an excess of pornography does not generally bode well for how women are perceived by many, many young men across the world. No. So and the absence of that probably did contribute maybe to a little bit of a different attitude towards women than we now than some of what pornography is. But that's a huge topic, huge topic. Yeah. yeah, And then I think because I would I would argue that attitudes towards women, despite what's just happened in the States and the rest of it is are actually better than they were 40 years ago. I think they are. I think generally men realise now that women are just not there just for their pleasure. That's not to say that there still isn't a massive problem male violence against women. But at least people know, men know that it's a massive problem. A lot of men, anyway, most men. Yeah, more men I'd than, say probably more men, maybe. More men to say. But yeah. I think when it comes to the whole thing about it's almost like when I hear you talk about it, it's almost like they, you're talking about some sort of gateway drug here. You know, like you start off yeah. in a normal couple and then you move to this and then you you try to find people into your thing. And then you and then you eventually end up with sex workers and then you end up on the dark web. It's like, you know, you start smoking a joint and then eventually you end up like having crack or, or smack or something. I think I think yeah. that are one of the things that we spoke about before was about when we talked about inadequacy was about feelings of shame. And again, I think some of the kinks that we have are clearly created during periods in our childhood where we might have had some image, something that happened to us could have been a traumatic thing. It could have been not a traumatic thing, but just something that, that made us associate whatever was going on with turning us on. Right. And it may get so locked. It feels like sometimes it gets so locked that the only way you can get experience sexual satisfaction is by reliving that experience again in some way to be able to be satisfied. Mm. Right. Sometimes it's so cute and simple that it could be just the sight of a woman's 
like that area, like your genitals, right? It could be something that simple because maybe you picked up a top shelf magazine and you saw that for the first time, a naked woman, and just the sight of a naked woman was enough to stimulate it, get all the buttons moving and lit up. In some cases, it may have been something more, a little bit not so clear cut. It might be looking up a woman's skirt. It might be seeing the wind blow up somebody. You know what I mean? It, it could be yeah. anything. Sometimes, obviously, it's driven by traumatic situations. And sometimes I wonder if some of the BDSM type stuff is comes from that place. But who can yeah. say? I enjoy a say, bit yeah. of that. And, and sometimes I, it does, and often it doesn't. But know. people's desires are forged in the way that they are. Uh, sometimes it can be traced back, but very often it can't. So I think a lot of the, you know, a lot of the searching for the reasons for your, you know, your need for that fetish or that sort of desire is itself pretty pointless, really. Unless it's damaging anyone, then what the hell? What does it matter? Where you get your kicks, you know. <laughs> well, it only matters. Well, within certain reason, within reason, of course. I mean, there is the, the gateway question is there. Of course, some drugs are gateway drugs. <laughs> Most people who end up on heroin, addicted to heroin, did start off on cannabis at some point. You know, it doesn't mean that everyone who takes a toke on cannabis at some point is going to end up addicted to heroin. It's the same with sex. The thing about kinks and needing to sometimes find sex workers if you're not being satisfied in your marriage or you're single or you're disabled or whatever circumstance you happen to be in, which means that you're not finding what you want, right? You're not finding what you want. And there are people out there who will quite willingly and happily, because not everybody's been trafficked, yeah. Quite, yeah. quite willingly and happily do the things that you want. And I, and whether you're a woman who is finding it difficult to find someone for intimacy or you're a man who also is struggling in that area or whatever, I don't really, I think it's, uh, providing you're not hurting anybody, I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Mm. And I think in some cases, it's actually really healthy to be able to release all that sexual frustration in a yeah. way that is with somebody who is consensual and, and yeah, wants yeah, yeah. to do that. And I understand what I sense is your discomfort around it. But I also think that it's important to recognize that for some people, that's, that's the only option. Sure. I guess my discomfort, when it basically comes down to it, is around the exchange of money. Really, that's when, what it comes down to. Because you're the, cheap. Because I'm cheap, yeah, that's right. The sex, which I think is a wonderful human, emotional, as well as physical uh, interaction, is reduced to just the commodity. And I guess I still have some difficulties with that, but I'm, I'm an old lefty. I would much rather that people came to a, a rational, sensible decision between themselves to... The, you know, to plumb the depths of, of their sexual depravity, but on a non-commodified basis, you know. Or I'm sure that you'd be quite happy if somebody offered themselves to you, but said in exchange, you're going to need to translate some German for me 
for uh, for a couple of hours. Would you mind doing yeah. that? Because I've got some German to translate, but I can't pay you. But I yeah. would quite happily have sex with you, providing that you can translate some German for me. I bet you'd have no problem with that. Oh, well, uh, I can't <laughs> say it's ever happened, so it's difficult, no, but... to, <laughs> difficult to say. But yeah, but but yeah, commodification at how at how many how many removes does it take place? You know, do you turn the commodity into commodity that you can then turn into a universal exchange value like money or or a house or or whatever, and then do it that way? So yeah, no, what I'm saying is it's difficult, and I I have some reservations about it, but I think probably more than you do. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I think it's quite amusing that you're the man <laughs> and this is much more accessible to you because let's face it, Emma Thompson's film is mainly a fantasy yeah. where some yeah. incredibly good looking guy just happens to be available, willing and and whatever because that's not been my experience in my very brief relationship with any form of male escort at all. And yeah, I have yeah. to say that when I had my massage, my happy ending massage, I was quite happy to give him money. Yeah. I really yeah. was. I mean, honestly, he got rid of my shoulder pains. <laughs> and I got a yeah, little and I got a little special and I got a little special bonus on top of that. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't the best looking guy in the world, but clearly he was very proficient in what he did. And I experienced great joy at that moment. <laughs> and and, and yeah, I handed yeah. over $60 or whatever it was, $80 or whatever. It was a while yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. It would be a lot more now. But yeah. But it's terrible, really, because all the time for me, class is creeping in, you know. And if you're a, a desperate, you know, underclass woman who or, or man who, who has to do this to get put food on the kids' tables or... Or, or to get the, the next fix of swack or whatever. It's, I think it's a very different question to the of one course, that... Of but we're not talking about... We're not talking about people that are being trafficked or doing this against no, them. But, we're talking no, no, about, no, 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 no. Sure, We're talking sure. about going to find somebody, like on this website that, that we discovered, called sure. tlc-trust.org.uk, which was specifically set up to support... Yeah. People who were disabled and looking for sex workers who were happy and willing to work with disabled people. And yeah. it looks yeah. like it's a not-for-profit, perfectly yeah. legit organization. I mean, of course, there's always the dark side of this. But, mm. yeah, mm. I mean, and maybe that's the problem. Maybe the problem is that actually we don't know. Similarly, look, I can say the same thing about the nail bar down the road, right? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I really struggle and I don't go to it very often because they only take cash. I've read about the trafficking that goes on in these places. I feel deeply uncomfortable not knowing if the person that's doing my pedicure is being trafficked. And so generally I avoid it. Okay. And yeah. I suppose that's the thing. It's like understanding if you are choosing to go down that road making sure that you're going to a place that has some ethical some standards yeah standards you know look all of that sort of stuff is important because what yeah. i'm hearing is a lot of fear around what the scenario mm. is that you are participating in and feeling deeply uncomfortable that this person yeah 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 I, not the question we should be addressing really which is 
which is about older people and access to these things. Maybe that's the stage beyond or before the questions of morality and ethics and money and the rest of it, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I've done that, why I've turned into that sort of uh, that sort of question. But I just know that, that for me, that's kind of associated with it in my head somehow with sex work. But yeah, I think these groups which um, put themselves forward as as places for people with disabilities to to find sex workers or to find sex in in whichever form is very good. But yeah, there's probably money changing hand there as, hands there as well. And it's probably even if you jo- do. join the group, probably a, an annual fee or something, you know. No, I, I mean, don't... they're just sex workers advertising yeah, yeah. on the site. They just get paid like everywhere else. I mean, yeah, yeah. I suspect it's because you're like some sort of old-fashioned lefty. And that's... <laughs> yeah, I suspect. I suspect. Yeah. And that's all it true. is. That's always been my problem. I'd have got much further in life if I hadn't been left wing. <laughs> I'd have been some super rich multi billionaire by now, you know, if I hadn't had scruples. <laughs> I'm a lefty too, but I just, maybe I it's just because I've had more experience of these sorts of things and I have a different understanding of, I know sex workers, I've been friends with them, I'm really not. I don't have the same perception of all of them. And I know that it can be very binary the way people view it, but I don't see it that way. I think there's a lot of gray involved and there's a lot of gray involved in the whole subject of sex work and escorts and things. But ultimately, I think it comes down to personal choice, being informed, and also recognizing that you may be perfectly in love with somebody with whom you have a very loving and wonderful sex life. But if that person, male or female, is missing something that you don't want to do in that relationship, then going and mm. finding it somewhere else, why not? Yeah, no. Uh, Frankly. I agree to a great yeah. extent. I've been in situations in the past where people have said to me, or oh, maybe I should just turn a blind eye. I kind of, I wasn't happy with that either because I kind of felt, well, I don't want to, is that subtitiously? Is it secretly or, or what's going on there? I much prefer it to be all open and upfront, but of course that's the difficulty. How do you communicate these sorts of desires to your other half and and how do you make it clear to the other half to the other person that it's not necessarily a a reflection on you well Um, that's a subject for another episode isn't it i think so opening up and communicating your desire yeah i think that's a really good one we're going to do that one we don't want to spill all the beans right now do we as it were we should keep something in reserve and we should uh uh, yeah, I think that's a good idea for the next one. Sorry, I'm still not speaking properly. I've still got this bloody broken jaw. So. <laughs> I know. Well, funny that doesn't, it. doesn't heal immediately. Anyway, Peter, it's been lovely to see you. Yeah. And you- thanks for changing your T-shirt for this episode and everything. I'm sure the <laughs> listeners are really going to deeply appreciate that. 
we might do a little video or something. We are, we can always keep that in reserve as a little, maybe we do a premium offer at some point, which is just the video versions. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Except that I'd have to do it in lingerie and you'd have to do it in your pants or something. So in my pants, I'm not, that's not a good look. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. I'll sort something out. Bye bye, everybody. Bye, and thanks for tuning in. This was yeah, Sex Advice for, for Seniors. Bye. Bye.